Once again, it is a great opportunity that we have to be together. Though we might be few in number, we know that God says where there's more than one, where there's more than one gathered in his name, they can worship. In John 4, 24, it says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Though we're missing a few, we can still worship our maker. We can still worship the God in heaven. As the verse that Isaiah just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, we see a need for unity. There's a need for us to be united in Christ, to be united in the things that pertain to the gospel, that pertain to Christianity. Unity is important for all Christians, for everyone throughout the entire universe, whether it's the congregation here or the congregation wherever it may be found, the, the group of the Lord's people are to be united in the word, united in God's word. Today we will take a closer look at unity and the relationship that it has with us as Christians. This is not to be confessed or to be confused, sorry. This is not to be confused with union. Union and unity are two totally different things. We talk about people that are, are in union, but yet they're not united in their way of thinking because unity requires that they have a oneness of the spirit. They're gonna have a oneness of mind. There's gonna be a oneness in the way that they, they live their lives. There's, there's an old joke told of the, of the two cats. If you tie their tails together and you throw them, over the fin- throw them over the clothesline or over the fence, you have two cats that are united. They're in union. They're not united. They're, they're, in, they're in union together. They, they appear as one cat because they're tied together, but rather there is no unity between them because as they hang from their tails, they are very mad at the other one that is just on the other side of them. There is union but not unity the same thing can happen in the home as as two people get married they can have a union where they are married but yet they 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 fight they have not the oneness of mind in proverbs chapter 21 verse verse 19 it talks about the contentious woman how it would be better for the for the man to be in the wilderness than to be with her there was a union or there could have been, if that was a, if that was a mar- marriage relationship, there was a union where they, the two became one, but yet they weren't united. They didn't get along. They weren't able to, to be together in that capacity, or they shouldn't have been. They, they're going to have to learn how to, how to learn unity. And as we look at the scriptures, we'll notice that unity is something that is learned because God speaks about it. He says, desire to have this, grow towards this. Brethren, be in unity. We are told throughout the scriptures to to have the same mind, be of the same mind one toward another. Unity is something that we can learn to grow towards. So as Christians, we must have a desire for unity. We must also follow the doctrine of unity, which is the, the word, and we must also understand the damages that come from not having unity. First, let's look at the, the desire for unity. There needs to be a desire for unity in our Christian lives. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. To be united. It says how good and how pleasant. That word pleasant there implies that they're pleased with what they, 
what they have because they have that same mind. They have that common goal. Within that oneness of mind, it pleases the individual. Many people at, at this particular time of year exchange gifts. If you exchanged gifts, I, I would like to think that you were pleased by the gifts that you received. Something greater than the pleasing, the pleasant surprise that you get when you receive those gifts is knowing the good of being united with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We should desire this unity among our brethren. All of us want to be pleased. All of us want to be happy. Well, here's what it says in Psalm 133. The un united ones. It says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So within unity, you have that pleasing and happy spirit. In our desire for unity, we must also know that there's something we can unite on. We must have a desire to, not, to unite on God's word. God's word is the only thing that we can unite on. We can see as we look around that there's things that people do unite on. And there's sometimes that people unite on something religious that isn't God's word. People get together as a group and they make decisions. And through that, we'll see that we get division. But as Christians, we must unite on God's word. To be unified, we must speak the same thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, the verse that Isaiah just, said, just read says, Now I beseech you, brethren... Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So if they're told to be, be of the same mind, they're told to have the same judgment, they're told to be joined together in this way of thinking, there's got to be a blueprint. There has to be something by which they live. And that is the word of God. To be, to be unified implies that we have to speak the same thing. Here that's what he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. That requires, if we're going to be united, that we speak where the Bible speaks and we're silent where it doesn't speak. We speak as the children of God. We teach what God instructed us to teach. Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19 warns against this. It says, he that adds to, says to him shall be added the plagues that are written in that book. And then it also says the one that takes away from the very word of God. That person, it says, will have their name taken out of the book of life. We want to follow this book just exactly as God planned it. We want to follow this book just how God intended it when he wrote it. Now, many people take, take certain things and, and they make a mold. As we look at the metal that we have and other things that we have in our, in our daily life, there was a mold set up to make that item. We have the pews that we sit in. There was a mold that, that was used to create the pattern. There is a mold for us in our Christian lives. That mold is the Word of God. Now, some people... or or different types of crafts take, take an object and then you, you mold the object from it. You, you, take, you take a piece of clay and you mold a piece of pottery. But within this mold, we have the mold. Now all we have to do is pour the paste over it. 
If we make our lives the item that is to be molded, we're going to make our lives according to the scriptures. We don't try and take the scriptures and mold them to be a certain item, but rather we make our lives the item that is prescribed within God's word. The divisions that we have in religious bodies today are because we aren't united in the word of God. We aren't united in what God has proclaimed to be the truth. Some people claim to speak after the Bible speaks, but then they put their own twist on it. If you put a twist on the scriptures, you're going to get something different than what, different than what God had planned. We're told in the scriptures that every seed produces after its kind. God set up the seed. The seed is the word, the word that God gave us. This is the word that produces the plant that God wants us to be. The plant that God wants us to be is a Christian according to the New Testament scriptures. We must accept the Bible as our authority. And instead of trying to, to mold the Bible to fit us, let's make sure that we do mold ourselves to fit what God said. In our desire for unity, we must also notice that unity is commanded. That's throughout the scriptures. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally be all of one mind. That oneness of mind still had to come from somewhere. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, Be of the same mind one towards another. There's a oneness of mind. Christ had a plan when he set up the church that we would follow him, that we would do what he says. If we want to be pleasing, we're going, going to have to unite in Christ. We're going to have to unite in his word. Also, we will notice the that Christians need the doctrine of unity. The doctrine of unity. This is the word of God. This doctrine cannot, cannot be changed if we want to be pleasing to God, but oftentimes you can see that people, they corrupt it. They corrupt the word of God by, by making it their own, changing, changing a word here and not listening over there. If we don't follow it just how it says, we're not going to produce that seed that we are told to produce. Matthew chapter 15 verse 9 says, But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments and teachings of men. Vain worship came from where? It says the doctrines, the commandments and teachings of men. If those men would be speaking as God speaks, talk when God talks in the word, and be quiet when God doesn't talk. If they do just that, if they'll preach the Bible and the Bible only, we will see that you're only going to get Christians. You're only going to get the prescribed item that God set up in the beginning. In Matthew 15 verse 9, we see that man's teaching is vain worship. There's a way that we can worship that is improper. And that's going out on our own, doing something different than God said. Even as members of the, the church, we understand that we have to ever be searching, ever be diligent in our study of God's word in order to be united in Christ, in order to mold our life like Christ had first 
intended. Like he expects out of us, if we will mold our lives around this book, we will be found in that acceptable condition. We can't sacrifice the truth in order to have unity. We teach we must have unity. We've got to have unity. But we also need to realize that you can't back down. If God spoke, we have to do what God says. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Here it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. So there's a doctrine they learned, and that doctrine's God's word. And avoid those people. It says, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but then it goes on to say they serve their own bellies and by good words and fair speeches they deceive the hearts of the simple false prophets are warned of throughout the scripture false prophets are told that or we're told about false prophets that they're going to come in and they will appear as sheep the pretty white animal as it stands there on the inside though it says it's a ravenous wolf it's coming to devour to destroy. We must beware of those peoples. But it says, mark those. Make that plain. Make it understood that if one is wreaking havoc in the church, they need to be stopped. The opposite of being united, we also known is being divided. Those that teach something that is contrary to God's word create that division. There's something that destroys, that tears down. Let's notice the damage that comes when we don't have unity. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, 1 verse 10 again says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. The division comes when we speak something different. If that division comes, it tears down, it tears apart. The opposite of being united, as I said, was to be divided. When you look at Mark chapter 3, verse 25, it says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. The congregation here can be, be hurt, can be damaged majorly if, if we as individuals become divided, if we don't stand only on this book. I believe we have a, a very wonderful congregation. I believe we are united in that God is the one we are following. We are following the plan that he set in store. We have the blueprint. We have the, the plans for the building that God created. That building is the church. Now I'm not saying this building is anything important. But rather God set up a plan for the church. That is for God to have a son who's to be the head. Who's to be the head over the church. Whereas we as members, we as individuals create the body. We then are the working power behind it. We don't want that 
division that brings about a falling. Now we think about Christ's church as a whole. There is no way, no how, under any circumstance where we can destroy the church that Christ built. It was promised from the beginning that this church would be the saving power. Now we can, we can damage, we can damage the, the local congregation here, but the promise, the promise of the church will stand forever. We will have the church that God set up. As long as there is the pattern, the plan, the blueprint, God's word, as long as that is present, we cannot destroy it because this seed will produce the church. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, Christ made a promise that as we're here, he's going to come again. And he's going to receive unto him those that are faithful. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will then come again and, then, and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The members of the church, those that are following Christ as he, as he planned from the beginning, those that are putting him first, that are living for him, he made a promise that he'll receive them to go and live with him in life eternal. As members of the Lord's church, we can't be divided. As members of the Lord's church, we're only going to be united in that we keep the commandments of Christ. We are, we are united in that we have that oneness of mind. That oneness of mind comes from God's word. In Christ's words and in his words alone, can we find salvation? Nowhere else in this world can we find it. We can find joys. We can find pleasures. People talk about sin for a season. But the greatest joy, there's only one place to find it. As I did constructions, as I did construction, sorry, there was multiple ways to build a house. And within those multiple ways, you get to the same goal. But within the plan that Christ gave, there's one way. There isn't any alternate routes. There's one path that says there's a straight and the narrow. Enter ye in at the straight gate. There's one path that's going to lead to heaven, so we've got to follow this book. We've got to follow the guidelines as set up by Christ. As shown in the, in the scriptures, it is possible for us to have unity. It is, it is possible for us to be united in Christ, but we must have the desire. We must understand that the desire is going to come from within. It's going to come from us. We must understand that that unity is only going to come from the doctrine that Christ gave us. And we must also understand the damages that will come if we aren't united in him. As Christians, though, we need to be united in the job that we have to do. There's a job given to us. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 says, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized, he shall, shall be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 15 and 16. 
God set up a plan for the church to grow because of you and because of me. Because of our work, because of what we do, by telling others, by spreading the word, the church will continue. We unite on that of Christ, and now we unite on that of his teaching. A prominent cartoonist, Charles Schultz, once, once gave a cartoon. And within that cartoon, it, it was a Peanuts cartoon. And within that, you have Linus as he's, as he's sitting there watching television. He sees Lucy come into the room. And you know the attitude that Lucy always had is she comes in, she, she says, Linus, change the channel. And Linus says, but I was sitting here watching TV. She says, I said to change the channel. She says, as she shows the fish, she says, I've got five little fingers. Now his fingers, they don't mean much because they can't do near as much. But when you bind them together like this, they become a powerful weapon. Now the point that Linus was making isn't the same one or the point that Lucy was making isn't the same one that we're making today. But our point is we've got lots of members. We've got lots of people who want to serve Christ. As individuals, we don't have, we don't have a whole lot of strength. We can't do everything by ourselves. But with each of us, if we bind together, we become a powerful weapon. We talk about saving our country. We talk about the economic tr troubles. We talk about the things that are going on in the world around us. I assure you no president will change the world, but if we want to change the world, it's by teaching Christ to one person at a time. As Christians, we can be a powerful weapon. As individual Christians, we must unite on the scriptures and spread that word the entire world. It said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's the plan. The plan is to get out and to teach. So now it's left up to us. Today there might be some here that, that have, not, have not made that decision to follow Christ. Well, the opportunity is now. The opportunity awaits. Why wait any longer? Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The longer we wait, the longer we put it off, the greater danger we're in. For we know not what the morrow will bring. If we understand that Jesus is the Christ, and we haven't taken that opportunity to be baptized, it's time to change tonight. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, if you're willing to repent of your sins... If you're willing to confess his name before men and be baptized and put off that old man of sin, it's up to you. The time is now. The time to follow Christ is tonight. If you have a need and would like to be, be baptized or if you as a, as a member have, have erred and would like to, to come back to the fold, we encourage you, please come now as we stand and sing.